2: Hello, and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate wisdom from my new friend, Holly Duckworth, who's a fellow QHHT practitioner like me in Durango, Colorado. Thank
3: you so much for joining me today, Holly. Thank you for having me, Christy.
2: Yeah, actually, we're radiating wisdom from them, correct?
3: Right, from on high. We.
2: <laughs> I know we're in that woo-woo field, aren't we? Oh my gosh. So your book is Finding Purpose, Surprising mm-hmm. Wisdom from the Higher Self. Right. Um, this is a fairly brand spanking new book, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think uh early November.
2: Yep. Yeah. Early. Yeah, copyright twenty twenty one. Yeah. So yeah. Why, why do you think well, let's back up. I'm getting way ahead of myself, Holly. So Tell us about what this book is, what it's about.
3: Yeah. So early in my QHHT career, I was noticing how clients came into their sessions with the same questions. Right. I'm like, well... And they were pretty darn good questions. Questions like, what is my life lesson? What is my life purpose? How do I commune with my higher self? And even more amazingly than the fact that the questions were similar, the answers were too.
2: Yeah. Isn't that amazing?
3: Yeah. So that kind of got my curiosity sparked. Mm-hmm. And I started making really detailed notes on the answers to the questions. Yeah. For years. Yeah, because <laughs> how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing QHHT since 20, well, 2013, 2012. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. For a while. Yeah. Yeah, so not quite 10 years yet, but since <laughs> Soon, yeah. And you were finding
2: the same answers coming mm-hmm. through all these different clients mm-hmm.
3: who have no idea of each other. Right. They don't know each other from Adam. Mm-hmm. Oh. No. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the one that gets to hear, you know, hear the, the same answer over and over and over again. And I had um, I had been trained in my PhD to do a specific kind of qualitative research Okay. Um, and so out of my own curiosity absolutely no intention of writing a book or anything this was just my own curiosity with all of these uh, detailed notes I took that data and cycled it through some qualitative analysis oh wow like was it my imagination or was this legit you know how similar were these answers could I find themes in the answers and I kind of blew myself away (laughs) with with the results of the research because it was nuts it was like there were only thematically there were only four answers to what is my life lesson and there were only three answers to what is my life purpose and I was like whoa this is ridiculous and so I kept doing that again not really with any intent of writing a book so this went on for years like literally was 400 and I think almost 450 sessions over like a span of three years and it was only after that period that i said okay there's 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 enough wisdom here to write a book and share it as kind of universal wisdom so that's kind of how i got to the book like of course accidentally right (laughs) Uh, but really just out of a sense of my own curiosity for myself Yeah.
2: And it was too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence (laughs) that all of these answers were coming through. And, you know, the subtitle for your book is Surprising Wisdom from the Higher Self. Why surprising?
3: Yeah. Well, number one, surprising of how few or how, how consistent these answers were. That was really amazing and surprising and then um, and then within the answers themselves how kind of how simple um, even though they're even though they're really universal answers when you really studied the answers and the themes around the answers how simple it was in terms of the messages being relayed on life lesson, life purpose, and, and how to commune with him. Right. right.
2: Yeah, we we think that our life purpose is this big kind of monolithic thing, and it's not. Right. No. Right. The very first session I ever conducted, the life purpose was to notice beauty. Yeah.
3: And the right. life purpose. Right. The purpose of the entire life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Notice it's, beauty. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned
2: that they all kind of distill down to three purposes. What are those?
3: Yep. Yep. So the first one is life is some sort of experience. So we we come here to have a specific experience. Now let me throw in a caveat. There there were in the analysis some outliers. There always are, right? There are always exceptions. These themes, yeah. But the vast majority of the sessions could fall under one of these three themes in terms of life purpose. The first one is to have some sort of experience. So this could be, and these aren't things like, you know, be the best player of, of basketball that ever existed or play the guitar better than anyone who has ever played it it's not stuff like that mm-hmm. it's experiences around um different ways of being okay mm-hmm. and so that so it's generally things like um, I use the term in the book. Things like virtues, okay? Right. So things like humility or honor or um, loyalty or things like this, mm-hmm. and so we can have these experiences um, for these kinds of things. So that would be that would be the first one. Um, um, and I'm sorry. For purpose, there's actually four. So the first one would be you you come here to have some sort of experience.
2: Right, right, right. And what else? what else? What other purposes did you find? Okay,
3: So the second is um, a life purpose of service. Mm-hmm. So I come here as kind of like a supporting character in someone else's purpose. Okay. Right. for someone else. Right. It so could be a life as service.
2: Yeah, Dolores found this in her sessions as well, and that comes out in Between Death and Life, one of her, one of my favorite books that she wrote. But yeah, Service,
3: right? Yeah. yeah, so my whole life purpose might be, so your client that you spoke of earlier, the life purpose is to, was it to recognize beauty? Notice beauty. Notice beauty. That would be experience. That would be a life exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. experience of beauty. Experience. So a life of service might be: I came here to be the mother for someone. Uh-huh. You know, the big deal wasn't me, but the big deal was the being that was coming through me, and uh-huh. and then what they were going to do in the world. And so then my life of service. Exactly. Right, being supporting them in their purpose. Exactly.
2: Exactly.
3: What would be Pardon? And third is a life of love. Okay. So this is about having having a, a mission and an experience of bringing love into this dimension. Okay. So light workers, you know, we hear that term. So bringing the light, bringing love. And so often for these people, they won't have forgotten as much as the rest of us would have in terms of the other side of the veil. Right. right. And, and so they're able to bring that, you know, the divine love, the source energy into this really super dense dimension. And then that's their mission, that's their purpose. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. It's a beautiful purpose, too um
2: yeah they all are yeah what, what, what's the fourth one so the fourth one
3: was actually the most common really okay yeah. almost half of the data set so over 200 sessions that is surprising uh uh-huh, had this purpose and the purpose is to be yeah the purpose of being right Just being okay yeah. Exist, Being the only Christy that's ever lived in all of eternity, being the only Holly that's ever lived in all of eternity. And so, and so, you know, at first glance, you can kind of think, well, that's kind of mundane. That's kind of boring. Really? I'm just here to be. But, but when we think about what life really is, and then how important that state of being really is, this actually becomes a really profound purpose.
2: Yeah. Well, it incorporates all the rest, you know, when we be it's like we're we're bringing forth we're anchoring uh-huh. right anchoring the love, we're being of service, uh-huh. we're you know having the experience. So it kind of encapsulates everything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think what what the 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 wisdom Um, I might even say the sacred wisdom that comes through that, that um, knowing that uh, my purpose is being what that brings to the moment to moment, right? It's not about achieving anything. It's not about a decision that I made in the past. You know, if I understand that my entire purpose is to exist in this, in this being, in this moment that has never existed before, then um, what a way to live! <laughs> number one, and then and then number two, what I mean that really it, it lets you off the hook, right? I mean, there you yes. can be present to be when you know that there's nothing else that you need to do. Right, absolutely, and it's also it's almost
2: confusing in that. We expect to do something.
3: Right. We
2: don't expect to just be. Right. Where it can be confusing. Yeah. Right. And you noticed some outliers as well. Like what kind of outliers were you finding?
3: Yeah. So this might be someone who, well, one of the stories I share in the book is um, this client that I had. And in the book, I've changed all the names and pronouns and disguised them completely. Yeah. So, I, so sometimes I can't remember, like, what was what did, did a man or a woman in the book? Because I'm yeah. an actual Wait. client, but I'll try to remember the book, again, to p- protect the client's anonymity. But I had this man that um, he had been um, one of these, I don't know if you remember, like, back in the 1980s and maybe even the early 90s. It was dolphin shows were a big deal. Oh, sure. Yeah, I did play with balls and jump through hoops and do flips and you know all kinds of things. So luckily I think we've kind of moved beyond that to to recognize the the sentient and sovereign nature of the of the dolphins, and we don't do that anymore so much. But he was caught up back in that industry. And Uh, He was a trainer. He was a dolphin trainer. But he was um, telepathic. Mm -hmm. And he would regularly communicate with them. And, I mean, the people he worked for kind of didn't know he was doing this, but he he knew that he was communicating with them. And he went on to then create some of the earliest, like, um, laws and regulations to protect the welfare of the dolphins. And so this was kind of one of those outliers where it was like super specific. You know, it's not about love. It's not about being. It's not about experience. It's about no, no, no. You're here to make things better for the dolphins, which is service and love. Yep 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 but his was super specific
2: super specific that That is yeah pretty niched down I would say yeah right um but yeah it does seem to tick the other boxes as well
3: yeah yeah so then just one one part about that session story I didn't put in the book I mean because you gotta like edit it something you gotta (laughs) cut out something right (laughs) (laughs) exactly but um at the very end, one of the, the shows that he was working for, they were going to shut down because all these places were starting to shut down. Yeah. And there was this one dolphin that he was really, really close to. And... Um, he got in the tank the night. Actually, he was leaving. He was. He got fired before the dolphins were actually, I don't know what they did with the dolphins. I'm not sure I want to know what they did with the dolphins. But, um, but he was in the tank with this one dolphin that he had a really special relationship with the night, the last night they were going to be together. And oh my gosh, they had this moment of just, just connection and love and, and they, you know, they were able to communicate, you know, on this really, really high level of understanding what exactly what was going on. And so he had told me about this, you know, in, in the interview before the hypnosis in his QHHT session. And, you know, tears were shed that day in my office about how, how emotional and deep and, and profound this one moment that one dolphin was absolutely in his session that dolphin came to speak through him oh my goodness yeah. the dolphin came through and had a message for him um, of course, the dolphin had long since transitioned, and and the dolphin wanted to thank him and show him gratitude, and and uh, and and give a message of of just remembrance to him in in the hypnosis through his higher self in the in the session. It was so amazing. That so, is so
2: beautiful. Wow, and wow, that's some, yeah, that is incredible. Um, So why do you think people
3: ask, what's my
2: purpose? Yeah, that's a really, really good question.
3: I think that, um, I think there's really kind of two things about this. I think there's a lot of cultural programming that goes around, you know, feeling guilty. Right. I mean, if if um God has a plan for me, right? We're taught um in a lot of our uh religious um organizations and family groups. And so then there's the, so then there's people that want to know um, you know, have I let God down? <laughs> oh sure. Am I not fulfilling my purpose? Am I not fulfilling God's plan? And then therefore I should feel guilty and, um, and do something different. Sure, sure. And then there's the flip side to that very same coin, which is um, this, this kind of this achievement oriented, you know, how, how far yet do I have to go? Sure. You know, am I there yet, or how do I get there? You know, and, and back to the doing, right? Am I doing what I need to do um, to fulfill my life's purpose? So, so one is kind of from a there is two sides of the same coin. One is kind of from a guilt standpoint and then the other one, and shame, and then the other one is from a achievement in doing, you know, am I, am, I, am I checking all the boxes in terms of what I'm supposed to be doing? Right, yeah. None of the answers are ever, well, other than those rare, rare ones like the dolphin guy, but almost none of them are about anything to do with doing.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and I find that sometimes people come in and they feel like there's something more that they're supposed to be experiencing or doing or being and yeah. that they're missing the mark somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So am I so it's kind of like what you were you were saying about checking all the boxes. Am I am I what am I not seeing? What am I not thinking of that I yeah. should be doing? to like if there's no well there's also the uh, can there be more than two sides on a anyway maybe Maybe there are so yet another flip to that coin (laughs) that there's got to be some sort of purpose otherwise why be here yeah right right Right. otherwise what is the meaning
3: yeah
2: and having some sort of purpose to give their life meaning
3: Right, wow. and, and 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 I'm sure you see this in your QHHT sessions too. But this, and I, I don't know if it's uniquely American or what is it unique to our culture, but just the striving, yeah, this this anxiety of striving. Well, I've got to do more and better, and you know. And it's like, oh, you're missing the whole point in this driving. But it reminds me of a great quote. I'm going to butcher it, but that's Jim Carrey. He you know, he says something like, I wish everybody could be rich and famous to realize that that's not the answer. Doesn't make me happy.
2: Wise words from Ace Ventura, pet detective. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, thing. it's like, well, if I if I if I do this, then then that's my purpose. But then you get to the that and it's like, oh no, 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 wait, 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 No, I guess I gotta I guess I gotta do that this other thing. That's my purpose. And it's just like this constant striving. And in the meantime, in the meantime of all the striving, you've just missed your life. Yeah. You missed the whole thing.
2: Yeah. Abraham Hicks said that we are so focused on achieving and connecting with happy moments that we forget to have a happy life. (laughs) Right? It was kind of the same thing. It's like we live our purpose in just like everyday life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, let me ask you this How do you feel that clients change? How does their life change? Once they like when
3: they know them. their when they, once they know their purpose, yeah,
2: yeah. Like, how does
3: that how does that affect I, everybody? I you know we're not allowed to connect with our clients after their session. so I only have a few, a handful of wisps here. If it, they let you know, yeah, we're, we're we're reconnected with clients, but my, I have a theory though that um, the answer to the, whether it's to any one of those four. Any one of those four answers for the average client is really hard to choke down. What do you mean? Is really unsatisfactory. Oh, like that's good. That's it. What? No. And and then and then it takes a while to kind of really wrestle with it. And I think that maybe some clients may not wrestle with it. You know, they may have, it may be so challenging to wrestle with the concept that my entire life purpose is to be, but they actually don't get there. But those that do, it is really, really profound. I mean, think about how your entire energy space, once you realize you don't have to strive for anything. Yeah. I mean it's it's completely transformative.
2: I see people when they come out and we're talking about it afterward, they relax. Yeah. They just all of a sudden it's like you can feel this huge weight off of them. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: But I I, but I don't think it's easy.
3: No. I mean I think you can get it at one level, but I think really understanding. It's not easy. It's simple, but not easy. Yeah,
2: that's an important distinction, right? Where they realize, okay, well, it is really that simple, but now how do I parlay that right. into my waking life? How do I live? It
0: really
3: doesn't again? matter if I get that new job. It really doesn't matter what car I drive. It really doesn't matter who my friends are. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> la, 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 But what does matter is what's going on in here, right? Exactly. Exactly. And you
2: know, we can choose to make changes to this or not, and then you know whether it doesn't matter if you've got these friends or those friends or this job or that job. Why not just enjoy Mm -hmm. the friends you have and the the job you've got?
3: Mm -hmm. You know, all the pressure's off. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know if you if you get this question a lot in your sessions, but I have, and especially of late, I would say the last couple of years. But where should I live?
2: Yeah, I do get that quite a bit. Yeah,
3: yeah, and and most of the time the answer is wherever you want to live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, today. My session today. Right.
2: Right, because all things being equal, which they kind of are, you're taking yourself with you.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you live, you're taking yourself with you, yeah. <laughs> so, again, what matters is what's going on here, right? Yeah. Exactly. And
2: so you are kind of equipped to help people kind of sort out what's going on in here.
3: Yeah, but but as as you well know... I mean, you say, so you, you know, you have your QHHT session. It's five to seven really intense hours. Leave with your recording, and you can choose to never listen to that recording again.
2: I have had people come out of their session, and I'll say, well, wow, wasn't that transformative? Mm-hmm. What changes do you think you're going to make? <laughs> Well, but you don't understand my spouse and the people I work with, and that uh, all these things you just don't understand how that can change. And I'm like, okay, well, we've thank you very much. We've learned <laughs> very little yeah. here. Listen to your recording. No,
3: I only joke. Yeah, and it's you know, it might take literally years for, for it really to be. And so, and that includes, you know, that question of what is my life purpose? It does. You can choose to live it or not.
0: Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May twenty fourth through 26 earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Did
2: you know that radiate wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events, at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a co-worker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate You, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. Um, Now, you know, as I said, you're kind of uniquely um, suited to help people with some of these questions. You've got a Ph.D. in psychology. Yeah, yep. So, um, and you actually see clients for therapy too.
3: I do, I do, I do. I do a program called Higher Self-Integration, which is sealing that that connection on a day-to-day basis. And then I do what's called existential therapy, which is a specific form of psychotherapy that uses the great big existential givens as leverage points to to shift um, to shift our psychology to shift our thinking.
2: That is so very interesting. So very cool. Um, but you've not always done this woo woo stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, last, the last ten years have been a trip. <laughs> yeah. Okay, spill, girl. Well, my 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 bachelor's degree is in mechanical engineering. <laughs> Such a left brain thing. Yeah, and I have a master's degree in management. And for thirty plus years, I worked in the corporate world in aerospace and automotive manufacturing, doing all kinds of engineering things. Oh my gosh. And I only found Dolores completely again accidentally. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I had already I had already gotten my PhD in psychology. I was led that way, but it was so weird. I was luckily I was working for an organization that sponsored my tuition, so that was yes, right. Um, very appreciative of that. But I honestly, the whole time I was getting my PhD, I kind of didn't know why or how or what, what I was going to use it for, because I certainly didn't need it for the job that I was doing. Uh, yeah, a little overkill, a little overachiever. <laughs> it was. I mean, I was just fascinated and curious, and I was like, yeah, why not? I'm gonna do this. It's, I mean, the red carpet's laid out in front of me. Why not take advantage? You can study
2: anything. Why not a PhD in
3: psychology?
2: Yeah, why not? That is so amazing. I know. So I mean, you. But you could have gotten. You could have studied anything. Honestly, you could have studied Russian literature. You could have studied, you know, ancient world history.
3: Well, a lot of a lot of my work as an engineer especially in manufacturing, was about um, changing the behaviors of people at work, in their work, okay? So if you can think about, like, um, I don't know, one of the jobs I had, um, assembling an automotive component, okay? Okay putting tab A into slot B and doing all of the the you know bolts and nuts and everything to put the pieces together. And there are ways to do that that are very efficient. And there are ways to do that that are very efficient. And then of course, as you're doing this, you're working with lots of other people who are perhaps doing it efficiently or not efficiently. And so then I recognized that to be a good engineer, I actually needed to understand how to Um, communicate with people and understand their behaviors so that their behaviors could be managed and motivated in a way that was the most efficient for the process. That actually makes a lot of sense. I actually was approaching psychology from from an engineering standpoint, completely oblivious to the cliff that was in front of me a few years later. that is magical that is
2: yeah crazy <laughs> oh my god right you know it's all the breadcrumbs that are laid out in front of us and we don't necessarily I was trying to tell this story very badly at our practitioner reunion in January how <laughs> how we look at these events in our lives these things that we do that we're led to that we've got the breadcrumbs in, in front of us and we don't always understand why or how they fit together but, or in, I should say, until they do.
3: Right. And then the worst thing, I think the worst thing is, you know, if I looked at that, should I get my PhD in psychology and gone, oh, no, I'll never use that, you know, not, not picked up the breadcrumb. That's true. You can't see the end zone, Right. Right. But- that's the worst thing that can happen you know just trust trust take the next step and trust take the next step and trust take the next step and trust love that
2: now your road to finding QHHT and dolores cannon who i've got if you're watching on youtube i've got a picture of her up on my shelf um (laughs) so finding your way to dolores cannon and QHHT is another great story
3: yeah, I mean, I never, I absolutely would have never, ever, ever, ever heard of her in my, in my world. No, no. And my son, who at the time was 20, he got arrested for a DUI. Mm-hmm. And we lived in Phoenix at the time, and Phoenix had this very notorious, hard-nosed sheriff and first offense, 21 days, in what was called Tent City. So they didn't actually build jails. They put incarcerated people in tents in the middle of the desert. In the desert. At, at 120 degrees. And this was my 20-year-old son. Oh, boy. And so you can imagine. I mean, I was like just an emotional wreck. Just deciding cool. to visit him. Um, I could only have phone calls. And so, and even those were rare and he was in for 21 days. And in one of those phone calls, he said, mom, I found this book. (laughs) Really?" And it was Dolores Cannon, Convoluted Universe, book four. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm talking to him about the book, you know, completely clueless of what it was about. And uh, so we get off the phone and I, you know, Amazon, click, click, you know, get the book. And I start reading it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything I've ever believed in my entire life. And here it is in print. And I've never seen it in print before. And so, I mean, I was like instantly hooked with her writing. And so my son gets out. Um, By then I had read and more books <laughs> and and she was so he got out in December. She was going to be speaking in January. She would have these like weekend seminar things, three day events, right? And um, she would do group hypnosis, so she would put 200 people into hypnosis simultaneously, and that was going to be one of these events. And so I told my son, I'm like, let's go. Sleep. And the whole time I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got so many questions for her about her research and how she did her writing and all this. But that hypnosis stuff, yeah, it's not going to work on me, right? So, and it was, you know, it was a fun trip for me and my son, you know, a little healing after his traumatic experience. Well, of course, we get in the room, first hypnosis, you know, (laughs) you know I'm under I'm having profound experiences I'm like oh my gosh and um my son had profound experiences too and and it's like like so she brings us out and it was only like maybe an hour ish yeah And, um, (laughs) (laughs) this works. This really works. Like, I'm going to run up to the stage and tell Dolores, you know, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, your stuff that you do
2: that everybody knows about. And I only recently found it. Oh my gosh, it worked. Did you know that?
3: Doing it for 30 years. Did you know it works? (laughs) (laughs) I love that story. So that was January February I was on training. I'm like, "Oh, this is it. I'm done. I found it. This is what I'm doing." Yep. Wow. I up. Yep, I'm finished. I know. <laughs> and then
2: eventually you left the mechanical engineering.
3: Like mm-hmm.
2: yeah, completely yep. replaced it and all of that. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, and you're located in Durango, Colorado. Beautiful mm-hmm. vacation place. You've got yep. the- Wonderful yep. condo to practice in. So that's your office.
0: Yep, yep,
3: yep. Behind me, this is my office. Yep, Amazing. I love your, your
2: painting on the wall.
3: Yeah, so this is the same woman that did the book cover. Her name's Meredith Rose, and she goes by Blue Star Seed. She's amazing. And this painting was her to HHT session oh my goodness yeah that's so, cool. so it's her and this other woman the gray woman are in the universe and they there's like a little nebula in her hand and her and this other one she has a crystalline body and her and this other woman are creating universes oh
2: i love that <gasps> that's amazing so yeah You've been doing you've been doing this QHHT for ten almost ten years almost ten years, so obviously you like doing it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little. Yeah, I'm, what, a little. <laughs> I'm addicted. What's that? I'm addicted. <laughs>
2: right, right. It's like when's my next fix? Um, yeah. What do you like best about it? What what really Drew you to this work?
3: Yeah. So, and I had so there was a gap there between my PhD and finding Dolores because yeah. I found Dolores in twenty in January twenty thirteen, and um, I um, finished my PhD in twenty ten. So there was like three short years there, and so I was doing um, talk therapy, Jungian analysis, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it was like really, um, therapy, in my opinion, my personal opinion, really uh, ineffective.
2: It has its place for some people, but some people just find that talking about their trauma over and over and over and over and over again
3: yeah. doesn't move it. I mean, honestly, it's great for the therapist because you keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back because it isn't particularly effective. And so, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, it's really terrible that way. But, um, but with QHHT, I mean, it's literally, you're, it's one and done. You're only going to ever have one session got your recording you can work with your recording i'm still working with a recording of myself in hypnosis from nine years ago yeah who listened to it i still get good stuff out of it so you're going to work with that recording for years and you don't need me in the room it's right you're recording in the higher self right mm-hmm. and then that's the other thing that happens in qhht sessions is you're kind of once people Know what it feels like to have their higher self speak to them through them. So many people are like, oh, oh, that's that's what that is. That's who that is. Then they're plugged in, then they know that voice for the rest of their life, right? That's right. So you don't need me. You don't need a third person. Just go go talk amongst yourselves, right? You and the higher self. Right. Absolutely. That's, That's what so just. Going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People just can't believe that that wisdom is coming out yeah. of them, right? Yeah.
3: and they they can have that connection now they know what that connection feels like they can relive that connection at any moment of any day
2: yeah I love that and then you you know you mentioned before that you've got this higher self integration program too Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you can help people to just rely on that connection develop that connection at will and work on it Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah you know I found that more often than not the answer is meditation.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh my god. <laughs> How do I yeah. my higher self? Meditation. Yeah, right? How do I release this stuff? Meditation. Yeah. How do I recognize it? Meditation.
3: Yeah. Yeah, or love. Most I don't, do you find like literally almost, I would say 95% of all sessions, the higher self gets that plug in meditation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll ask this. So, it's, it's, so not, I'll ask, I'm like, okay, well, does she know how to meditate? Right. And then I'll give her a little bit of advice, but it's basically quiet your mind. That's, it's as simple as that. And then and then I'll say, well, how often should she meditate? Every day. Okay. Well, how long should she meditate for? Are we talking hours or are we talking minutes? Like, oh 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, like not long. No. Yeah.
2: sometimes yeah. people will say well what form of meditation would be best that would be their question what form of meditation right there's so many different ways to do this they're just like you're making it too complicated right just yeah. sit quietly yeah quiet your mind yeah yeah, yeah. 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 a wonderful wonderful question that always gets the same response yeah that in love you know, yeah everything is usually love
3: yeah
2: which I love too Yeah. Now, um, I was going to ask you, too, so we have a life purpose, you know, so people want to know about their their purpose in this lifetime. Do you also find that there is a soul purpose that stays with us lifetime after lifetime?
3: It could be. It could be. So sometimes the life purpose, what I found, it takes multiple lives to really have the full experience yeah so for example I, I think i use this example in the book but let's say that um i want to have an experience of humility i want to understand humility as a soul
0: okay
3: right. well then i'm probably going to have an incarnation as a as you know a homeless person or someone who You know, the lowest rung of society is possible to learn some humility. That would certainly help. That would check the box. Also, probably going to have a life as a prince, you know, as a millionaire or a billionaire to experience humility, right? Yeah, exactly. So then that would be, for example, that would be a purpose that would transcend, a sole purpose that would transcend lives because i want to see that experience from all sides with it without it you know from upside down from downside up you know i want to understand that kind of experience from all angles right right exactly exactly yeah i found that when um
2: i first started doing the group sessions the group regression sessions we'd go to a past Mm -hmm. life we'd go to a future life and then we talk about the current life what are the common themes?
3: Mm-hmm. Can you
2: explain how are you how does this past life experience that you chose to have? how does it reflect what's going on now and then how does it reflect in a potential future life as well?
3: Yeah yeah but I don't know and I wonder what you think about this I'm I'm still on the fence of if I even believe in past lives and I'll, and I'll say that. Yeah. I got to explain that, right? Because, I mean, (laughs) doing what I do for a living. uh, Exactly. But but it's, so if you think about it, there's no such thing as time. Right. So all, that's an illusion. So all lives are now. So really all lives are simultaneous. They're not past. Exactly. Kind of how we heal, sometimes other lives across lives in QHHT sessions. Right. Um, So there's no such thing as time. So there's no past lives. There's just other lives. Um, And then if you think about if we're all one, then my other lives and your other lives are, uh, are, are the same other lives. So we can kind of all tap into all other life. So I think when we say, you know, some people might think, oh, I want to explore my past life. It's like, mm, I, think it might I feel know. Complicated
2: than that. Yeah, yeah. So in doing this work, you know, I do more often than not say what we consider yeah. a past life.
3: Mm-hmm. What we
2: consider a potential future life. Mm -hmm. because and you know these are just other experiences that we would want to have no i'm totally on board with you there holly because all time is happening at the same time it's just wherever you know it's like all of the radio stations are playing at the same time
3: yeah which is so hard as a human being i mean it's really hard to wrap our head around the fact that time is an illusion but we're told that over and over and over again, it is.
2: And we're taught that it's, you know, time is a line.
3: Yeah.
2: On the left is the past. On the right is the future.
3: Yeah.
2: We put oh. everything in between. Yeah. Oh,
3: I don't know. I don't know.
2: As Dolores said, if you want to get your mind twisted like a pretzel. <laughs> right. You know,
3: I mean I mean like yeah I've been doing this for almost 10 years and I'm still like wait I'm not wait do I I'm not sure I understand this concept. <laughs> exactly.
2: If we look at all of these other experiences as allegories for
3: yeah. our growth and learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way the way I try to wrap my head around it is Kind of like the movie The Matrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the not the oo- gooey gooey part where they're like plugged into like the bodies are plugged. Not not like that. But the fact that you can drop into this fabricated existence that seems completely real, and you can actually you know pull out of it as well and see it, you know, see the program for what it is as a program, as, a, as the holodeck, you know, kind of thing. Um, that's kind of the only way I can wrap my head around it. And think about it, you can drop into that matrix program in the 1400s, in, you know, in caveman times, in, you know, 3000 A.D.
2: You know, in yeah. our current time in another city with another yeah. body, yeah. it gets crazy.
3: Yeah.
2: Absolutely crazy. If you try to think too hard about it, it gives you a huge headache. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I think I counted one time like all of Dolores Canons, the five convoluted universe books, is something like 3,000 pages, I think, yeah. over two pages. And she was just touching the surface. In 2,000 pages of trying to explain this. Oh, yeah. It is
2: convoluted.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I can't imagine picking up convoluted Universe 4 as your introduction to Dolores Cannon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like learning how to fly by, you know, jumping off a cliff. So, yeah, that was... um, pretty mind bendy
3: yeah but i had already like like it resonated it just resonated it's like yeah of course of course that's how it is yeah (laughs) that makes sense yeah
2: and so your family what do they what do they think of you doing all this woo-woo stuff
3: Um, so so as I mentioned my son was 20 when I went to training right and as you know we had to practice on people before we got our you know training wheels off and called ourselves so I had my daughter at the time she was 18 okay so I had all of my kids friends lined up as my practice (laughs) oh my god you're that mom just like doing sessions on these 19 and 20 year olds. Next, next, next. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. If someone had me my life purpose when I was 19, oh my gosh, all right. the you're wasted. But oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so so the kids were into it straight away. They that's thought awesome. it, so they thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's had a session, not from me. Okay, from another practitioner, so he's into it as well. But he was always the weird, spooky one before before I even got into this. But I and I do tell you know as you know as level threes we have to teach as well as as practice as a level three. And I tell students I'm like, please do not practice on your husband. That is yeah. the person you could try to practice on.
2: Exactly. Right, I would probably say parents as well. Don't and yeah. your parents, yeah. So, did your parents embrace what you're doing? Oh yeah, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fortunate. Wow. Yeah. So, what else do you think that we should know to radiate wisdom?
3: Mm-hmm. Anything we haven't? Well, there's. I, I'll touch on the the chapter in the book about how to commune with higher self yeah that's important wisdom because you don't have to have a QHHT session you know i mean you can just go and commune with higher self any time of any day and they are yearning for your attention yeah and so simple 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 And and again this is As freaky as the other, you know, what is my life purpose? The same answer is coming through over and over and over again, right? But number one, get out in nature. Get out of the house. Get in nature. And there's so many good things that happen when you're in nature. Sit, touch the earth, quiet your mind. And then you have to ask. We're we're in a dimension of having the experience of free will. Right. They can't help if you don't ask. They're not allowed to. That's the law of free will. Yeah. So you have to actually ask when you want to connect, what you want from the connection, and then listen. Yeah. Usually their language is symbolic, not all, not always. They're going to give you your answer symbolically in some way. So then your homework, there's two things that you have to do that's your homework. Mm -hmm. One is know what you want. Mm -hmm. That takes more. And then number two is to understand their language, understand their symbology. Yeah. Exactly. What's the higher meaning of what you're being
2: shown? Right, exactly. And knowing that it can come with visual symbols, yep. through auditory symbols, through kinesthetic symbols, emotions, through many different... Emotions, feelings, feelings. feelings. yeah. and hmm senses, all of it. Learn to, you know, learn the language of spirit. Yeah. You know, the hang, language of your higher self. So okay. important. Because okay. we all... Well, I'm, I can't say we all, but so many people think it has to come a certain way. Right. It has to be like this. It has to be like that. And if it doesn't, it's like, yeah, I'm getting this information, but it's not like
3: I thought it would be. Right. For me personally, it's colors. Oh yeah, colors are huge to me. Yeah. Isn't that great? means one thing. Blue means another. Green mm-hmm. means something else. Yellow means something else. And so I know that if I if I'm having this experience of noticing a certain color that there's there's actually a meaning associated with that
2: oh yeah I don't doubt that at all yeah that's an important way because color has its own vibration it ha- has its own consciousness as well yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mine is m- mostly cognizant so I'll have mm-hmm. the just a download mm-hmm. all of a sudden. yeah we we're, were having lunch in Florida and all of a sudden I got a download I'm like wait a <laughs> minute download so knowing what that is yeah then okay i'm not sure why i know this but i know it you know just knowing that that could be a
3: message for us yeah And to us i have this theory that they're they're up there they're in their dimension going why isn't she listening to us
2: her why doesn't she so I have a lot of clients who have said we've tried to tell her (laughs) we keep telling her over and over she just needs to listen to us (laughs) oh oh my god (laughs) I kind of picture them sitting around on a cloud watching Oprah and eating bonbons (laughs) and going (laughs) Have you heard from your person today? No. They never call. They never write. Have you heard from your person? No. They never call. They never write. (laughs) We have to ask. Exactly. It's
3: like they ask. And get quiet
2: and listen. And get quiet and listen. That's just it. Quiet and listen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. this This has been really fun, Holly. I always have so much fun talking with you. And you're doing
3: important work. You've got another book that you're working on. I am. I am. It's, it's surprising or no, it's finding forgiveness, yeah. surprising healing from the higher self. Yeah. You know, that one's coming in as well. So. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The answer is usually love.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait for that book because it's going to be equally as important. I think we all need to know that how to how to forgive you know that it's it's not the oh whatever you did you just come over for dinner every sunday and we'll just like sweep it under the rug it's not that at all right and so um i'm really looking forward to that book coming out
3: yeah, That'd be yeah.
2: Awesome. you have anything else that you're working on that we should know
3: about um i don't think so not right now i've been doing these channeling helping with these t- channel channeling sessions from a client of the expansion project. So yeah. she she's on the, on the runway getting ready to take that and go crazy with it. So that's, so that's amazing.
2: That's amazing. So if we can, I'll put the link in the show notes so that everyone can see the expansion project mm-hmm. and connect with you. So you've got a website
3: and the website is? awarecaredurango.com a-w-a-r-e-c-a-r-e-d-u-r-a-n-g-o.com
2: in Durango, Colorado. Thank you so much, Holly Duckworth, for joining me today. It was delightful. Thank you.
1: Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.